In today's highly competitive mortgage industry, building profitable relationships with real estate agents is essential for success. However, finding effective ways to secure agent relationships can be a challenge. With so many mortgage loan originators vying for the attention of real estate agents, it can be difficult to stand out and establish meaningful connections. Our new case study featuring loan officer Chris Coghill is a must read. Chris has closed a remarkable 36 million in funded loans from agent referrals. And in this case study, he shares his proven strategies for building strong relationships with real estate agents and leveraging those relationships to drive more business. To get your hands on this resource, head over to locastudy.com and download your free copy of the case study today. You'll find actionable insights and practical tips that Chris used to close 36 million in funded loans from agent referrals and how you can too. Don't miss out. Go check it out right now. Visit locastudy.com and download your free copy today. Welcome to Mortgage Marketing Radio, brought to you by the Mortgage Marketing Institute, your number one source for truth in mortgage marketing. Hey, listeners, you know how it is. It's Jeff Zimfer, your host, your humble host. Man, oh man, I have been on a roll when it comes to these podcasts. I hope you are feeling it. I hope you are getting the love. I hope you're getting the content, the education, the value, the reason why you keep tuning in and coming back to these podcasts. That's what it's all about. It's all about you and educating you and helping you grow your business, get more effective, become a modern mortgage originator, increase your sales and conversions, get more realtor referral partners, and doggone it, just have fun doing it, right? Isn't that why we're here? <laughs> okay. So this week's episode Man, I'm just digging it, man. This was, every time I do these, it's an education for myself. So my special guest this week is Facebook marketing strategist, coach, and consultant, Travis Tom. Travis Tom might be the best kept secret in the mortgage real estate space. Pretty well known in the real estate industry. Not so well known, perhaps, but that's about to change because of this episode in the mortgage industry. I was introduced or, or, or heard about Travis at a conference I was attending, um, and I heard them talk about this guy, Travis, and him doing all these incredible things when it comes to right, uh, Facebook, uh, building audiences and, and, and leads, and really having a deeper understanding of online consumer psychology, building, this is going to get crazy, all right? But hang with me here, psychographic campaigns, buyer posts, personas, right, to really be able to craft and architect the right campaigns with the right messaging to the right audience. And in this conversation with Travis, you know, I've talked to a number of people, you know, some on this podcast whom you've heard already who are known for uh, Facebook and running ads. But on this episode, I literally took, can you hear it here, right here? Can you hear this? I took two pages at least of notes, two pages of notes. This was an incredible deep dive education into things that I didn't know about Facebook that I thought I knew. So if you're into, hey man, how do I succeed on Facebook? I want to get started. I want to start running my own ads, building some consumer direct business. Um, I want to you know, increase my presence, my brand online. I want to not rely on realtors so much. 
this is for you. We're going to dive into lots of different things in here from ad creation to creating mini seller and buyer funnels, understanding the audience and demographics, right? Uh, custom audiences. Travis tells me more about the Facebook algorithm, I think, than I've ever heard, right? And in a way that I actually understand it. And then we start diving into the optimization strategies that go into really having a successful Facebook ad campaign. And again, this comes back to the copy, the intent of the offer, and then, you know, what does that funnel process looks like so you optimize your conversion? Um, we talk about budgeting, right? How long you should expect to wait for a Facebook ad to even perform and start to give you an idea of if this ad's going to work for you or not. Um, a little bit about automating some workflows and we talk about the changes with the Facebook targeting options that have since been uh, taken away since the whole uh, Cambridge uh, Analytica debacle and you know the hearings that uh, Mark Zuckerberg had to appear and some of the changes that have happened to Facebook, but why that's actually ultimately you know kind of a good thing and how Travis is seeing that and spinning that into a positive. Um, what's really cool about this is um, we get into the methodology, right? Uh, priming and reminding and retargeting is one of the things uh, Travis believes in. Priming reminding and retargeting. So you hear that alone and that's worth your time in listening to this podcast and all the other things that we unpack uh, on this call here today. So there's going to be links in the show notes to um, Travis and his company and his services. He's got a variety of different things he's doing out there, which includes um, something called uh, leads to listing, which is part of his company called Elevated REM. Um, These are like single property websites, for example, uh, if you're interested in, 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 you don't have access to single property websites at your company and you'd want to uh, learn more about those and how do you maybe offer those to your realtor partners, um, learn more about those at leads2listing.com. Uh, again, all these things are in the, in the show notes. Um, Travis has a, a complete Facebook coaching uh, group on Facebook. Uh, he just does so many different things. He's got his own ad agency where he's running ads for you know lots of big companies and then individual people and um, spending you know tens of thousands of dollars per month on Facebook specifically for real estate. So he gets to see a really a broad spectrum of what's working, what's not working, the types of campaigns that are generating results, and as I said, really how do you optimize it so that you don't burn a lot of time, burn a lot of money, and and, and making sure you have your expectations set correctly from the get-go. So how's that for a setup? Huge fan of Travis's. Dig into this episode, take notes, contact him and his company for more information. If you want to go to his direct personal website, that's travistom.com. That's T-R-A-V-I-S-T-H-O-M.com. Again, all links in the show notes, more good stuff in there. And I hope you enjoyed this week's episode just like I did. So let's get into this week's show. Hey, Travis, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. You bet. So I uh, know you're busy. You're doing a lot of things, a lot of irons in the fire, as most of us are, my listeners as well. Um, wanted to have you here because you came across my radar at a recent mortgage conference I was, I was attending. Your name was brought up as like one of the go-to legit real deal guys when it comes to what's really working on Facebook specific to real estate. And of course, right, we're in the mortgage space. And so I do the formal intro, as I said, right? Everybody kind of heard the bio and who you are, what you do, but quick summary, why don't you give us your version of uh, what you're all about, your agency and all that? Certainly. Um, so I'm, I'm a Facebook marketing strategist and over the past several years, we've generated over 75,000 leads from Facebook, 
all from the real estate industry. Uh, we ran, run campaigns uh, internationally, worldwide. So we're on Australia, London, uh, New Zealand, Canada, Mexico, and throughout the U.S. Um, our advertising agency is focused on a full funnel type of approach. So we build campaigns with a methodology of top of funnel, middle of funnel, bottom of funnel kind of campaigns. Um, really dialing into the psychographic, uh, demographic, uh, online and offline behaviors. So we use big data to really define exactly what the consumers are doing and take them through a unique conversion process based on the um, actual behaviors that they take online and then retargeting them throughout the lifetime of the campaign as they are sent texts and emails. Um, with all of that data, we then love to teach. So we turn around and we actually teach people um, how to, uh, well, build those same campaigns. Um, what's working right now. So we have a creative copywriter, uh, operation manager, ad managers, graphic design team, funnel engineers, and myself as a strategist. And we're all inside of a Facebook coaching and training program where we walk people exactly through uh, our methodologies, our steps, our processes. Because um, I'm big on sharing and really being able to educate people so that they can do it themselves if they can't hire us. Okay, very cool. So there, there's a lot of info in there. And for some of the listeners, they might be saying, what does that all mean? I'm curious, though, in terms of you, you know, who you serve in the real estate space, are you dealing with individual agents, uh, more teams or brokerages? What does that look like? Yeah, we're um, pretty much all across the map. We, okay. we have large companies that we work with, um, like, you know, Fidelity National Title. Um, we work with uh, other large companies that are, um, well, I can't say all of them, but no. just know that there's, so there's companies that are big teams. Um, and then we have people that are typically our, our kind of our, our most typical client is mm-hmm. going to be larger teams. Okay. Um, okay. So we work with ad spend anywhere from a couple of thousand a month, all the way up to 25 to 35,000 a month um, and higher per campaign. It just depends on who the client plan is. We also work with individual agents and work with individual um, mortgage brokers. Mm-hmm. Those are typically inside of our training uh, program, our Facebook coaching right. training program. Because um, with those, there's not necessarily the resources to build larger campaigns that are built to scale on a national level. Um, they're more of a local uh, ones, which are some of my favorite because we get to see uh, unique, immediate results that are, are a little bit more tailored to the exact market area. So we're, yeah, we're definitely all across the board. Hmm. Okay. So um, thank you for that. Um, so my listeners, loan officers, I, I want to try and cover a couple of bases uh, in this conversation. One is I see a lot of loan officers trying to, what I will say, trying to um, take a shortcut route and trying to circumvent the traditional method of growing their purchase referral business in pursuing relationships with realtors. I see loan officers trying to go, you know, the buzzword is consumer direct. And then I see them like kind of chasing the elusive siren of, hey man, Facebook, just run some ads and generate thousands of leads. Right. (laughs) Uh, what do you, if if any advice or or roadblocks, landmines to look out for traps, not to fall in anything you want to bring to the surface for that, you know, that person? You know, I, I would, you know, Facebook is uh, a wonderful place. 
and as far you know, for advertisers and for the user experience. But it, it is a discovery platform. Hmm. Uh, so a lot of these people are coming off of a search engine where they've done some searching, you know, individually, and and then they're on Facebook to escape maybe the world, whatever, whatever it is. The last thing they want is a, a direct. Um, offer that is too focused on the needs of the loan officer hmm. and and or the realtor right whatever it might be so we have to think in a different way a little outside of the box on how do we really target these individuals that is based on their behavioral actions offline and, and online versus just a catch-all where we're just sending a message out mm -hmm. um, that may not resonate with those exact exact people. Uh, so, you know, the consumer direct kind of thing, it's really based more on how do you tailor the message that has value and a strong offer to them and come more from an educational um, mindset. And when you, when, you, you know, when you give people information that's based on education, mm -hmm. you, you're gonna position yourself as the authority and expert but you're also going to teach and enlighten them. And hopefully in that same you know, conversation, be able to then give them what are the opportunities. And I started that when I was early on in my career. Um, I got into real estate. I was a real estate agent um, when I was 19 years old. And then became a qualifying broker. And then I grew a team of my, my own company, managed over 100 agents. Um, you know, but to get there, my first three years were extremely painful. I mean, it was not easy. I was 19. I was in a suit. No one was going to trust me. Um, right. I'm going to trust this kid, you know, right. who, uh, hasn't even started shaving yet, uh, with my largest asset. And, you know, it's not necessarily the best, um, the best approach for me to just to door knock and say, Hey, you know, I think about selling your home. And I did, I door knocked over 2000 homes. Wow. Um, my first, 24 months in, in real estate, not a single one of them ended up in a direct sale, but I learned everyone's objections. I learned how to actually clear the objections and I learned what people really wanted to know. Yeah. So I learned also who do I resonate with and what is my target prospect? Okay. And I was young. I was hanging out around the university and I started to notice that parents would tour the university with their uh, kids, right? The students, and they would either rent or buy a home, right? Those are those two options or live on campus. Right. Well, there's about 29,000 students that were enrolled in my local university. And I figured out, well, I, after talking to a loan officer, um, who was, who was door knocking on some of these, the last like 500 homes with me until he was kind of like, dude, there's gotta be a better way. Right. Yeah. Please. <laughs> yeah. So he, he told me about a kitty condo loan program and I don't think it's around anymore. Right. But, it, but in the early two thousands, it was called the kitty condo loan where the FHA loan, the parent would co-sign for their kid, right? Utilize and leverage the parent's credit. It was very little down, I think almost 3% or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it would get them into a home really, really easily. All the properties around the university appreciated um, about anywhere four to 5% a year because of the location. Right. And I then created a guide based on that that was a website 
guide that basically went over it was how to make those four years very, very profitable was the headline. And I handed out these different pamphlets and then ran ads in the local uh, university newspaper and ran some basic Google pay-per-click ads over to that website. Hmm. Well, the website edges was just educational material. It was basically, here's the loan program. Um, here's what the homes preach around the university area. If you buy, imagine the equity that you'll have over the next four years, and then you can rent the home um, and or sell it, right? Take that equity, pay off the student loans, but your kid is basically going to have this great investment, or you're going to have this great investment, right? Mm-hmm. So I started doing that and started getting people. My first client was a girl that was um, headed to NASA. Uh, she was a very bright engineering uh, student, and her parents co-signed for it, got the property, and then I started getting more, and her friends heard about it, and then it kind of just snowballed. I started getting these people that were then interested in then buying more condos. Well, the developer that had all these condos that I kept bringing these people to um, said, you know what, why don't you become our listing agent? Here's basically $5 million worth of uh, condos for this building. If you can sell it out, we'll pay you more. If you can wow. sell it within the first five months, I did. And that led me to win another one and then another one. And we just kept being able to use the same type of educational material to draw people in. Well, Facebook wasn't around at that time. You know, in 2006 is when Facebook ad platform really came out. But I modeled all of my marketing off of that ever since then, which was based on an educational type of uh, advertising. Yeah. So with, you know, with the same type of ad format, right. The, the persuasion and psychology of being able to draw people in with enlightenment by saying, um, did you know about this, um, you know, VA loan, right. Or do you know that you can buy a home with only zero down, right. Whatever it might be, all those types of opportunities, right. There's hundreds of different types of loan programs. Each one can be packaged into its own ad that is really based on more of the educational process, right? Giving reciprocity. If we think back to the stone ages, uh, people in caves, you know, being able to tell a story, um, what were the key pillars, the psychological pillars that really pushed people through persuasion to get them to take some sort of action. And it's a process of, well, storytelling. And so that can be done through education, social proof, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, if you have any type of, testimonials um if you have any type of in today's you know social social proof is um the combination of things it's that facebook ad was shared 25 times and has you know 15 comments on it and over 250 people like it that's its own type of social proof in a way so there's different ways to really be able to take all of these core pillars you know untapped opportunities that people haven't heard about. And reciprocity is a really big one. Reciprocity of giving them valuable information where they feel like, well, you know, that person gave me this. So I should probably work with them because they are the source, right? They gave me and enlightened this information as a gift. And then what can I do in return? Hmm. So that's, that's the methodology that we use in most of our marketing and most Facebook advertisers, no matter what industry it is, there's always going to be various different types of, of methods and strategies, but one that works really well across all industries is education and reciprocity. 
Yeah, that's a nice setup and kind of a contextual you know, background to education marketing. And uh, so I'm curious then what you're seeing, if there's certain types of educational offers that work well on Facebook. And, and so obviously a couple could be like, you know, eBooks, right? The ultimate guide to buying a home or videos or whatever. But it sounds like what you're saying is on Facebook, don't look for the direct quick hit, look for uh, educating, nurturing, perhaps putting people into a funnel, right? Taking them off Facebook and taking them to your page. Is that right? Yeah, there's there's a few different ways to do it. There's you can do focus on audience building. So let's say you run a video that mm-hmm. you know, goes over you know the top seven mistakes uh, homeowners make when when trying to refinance their home. Okay, and that goes into like fear, guilt, uh, greed, right? You know, fear of missing out. All of those are deep emotional pulls. Right. That could be a video that you run to a group of homeowners, and you know, anyone that watches, let's say 25 or 50% of that video, um, you can build a custom audience out of that. Mm-hmm. And you're not selling them that video, right? You're just giving them information, right? The top, you know, deadly profit killing mistakes homeowners make when, you know, going through this process, whatever it might be. Okay. Those that watch 50% of that, then show them a secondary ad that maybe a lead generation ad that is focused on um, some more content that is really showing them basically how, right? How, how to overcome those and whatever kind of solution you can provide. So mm-hmm. you're building an audience and then retargeting them with a very specific ad to mm-hmm. give them to take a secondary action, you're going to see a lower cost per lead. You're going to see an, uh, basically a lead that's been warmed up Mm-hmm. And now it's a warmer audience. They're educated. And so you're building this frequency illusion where you're a little bit showing up everywhere. Um, but it's based on their behavioral action that they've taken at the top of the funnel. Now that's, that's one. Some of the others are focused more on, um, you know, see if you qualify, right, for this two or three, you know, uh, K loan, whatever it might, might be, right? This rehab loan that's come up for BAs. Um, you know, see if you qualify, take the, you know, take the quiz or, you know, take mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the brief, uh, survey, survey whatever it might be that fill out. So getting them to take those actions and then send them through, and then you have an email, let's say, uh, or some sort of lead capture at the very bottom of that, um, questionnaire that say, you know, enter your email to get the results. Right. And that's where then you start to kind of, you know, basically convert them into, into a lead. Now there's more simplex ways of, of, of doing it. Um, which is, you know, it, it, having a list of homes would always be uh, a benefit. If you're working with a realtor, you can kind of piggyback on some of their IDX systems in that way you guys are working in tandem in terms of the follow-up process and you could use their list of homes, their IDX website and run an ad that might say, see all the properties that qualify for first time home buyers and special financing programs. Um, some of these homes even qualify for zero down financing. Ah, interesting. So obviously uh, then you're targeting the, the first time home buyer niche. Exactly. Right. Then, then you're, and really that's what most of the successful campaigns boil down to is you're targeting a very specific niche, yep. right? So if we're doing VA loans, then that's really focused on, you know, veterans. If we're focused on first time home buyer, uh, homes that, that qualify for almost zero down or it might be, or special grants, then right. You're, you're speaking directly to first time home buyers. You know, there's lots of data that we use to boil down who that targeted audience is. 
but you're going to see that's going to resonate a lot more than a broad, a broad audience with a very broad message. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff there. So a couple of questions then on that, um, in terms of focusing on a niche audience, uh, like you and I talked about before we hit record is of course, Facebook is changing some of the targeting interests, uh, to try and appear more, you know, public friendly. Um, I'm curious, uh, any comments you would have about the impact of that specific to real estate? I'm sure you know what they are off the top of your head. I forget, right? Is it income targeting? Is it thinking about buying a house? What are some of the others? Certainly, it's uh, it's some of the major ones. So they're, they're removing 1,500 different interests. Wow. Um, so partner categories is being removed, which is third-party data from Axiom, Experian, DataLogic, some of those larger companies that aggregate tons of data offline from you know, pretty much everywhere. Yeah. Um, Facebook has its own first party data, which is very precious and, and yeah. probably the most valuable data in any time, type of advertising platform. Right. But third party data um, sometimes was kind of hit or miss. And sometimes it was used um, really well and sometimes it wasn't. But the key ones that affect real estate that they're removing are homeowners, um, renters, Mm. Um, income likely to move, and uh, there's, there's uh, recent mortgage borrowers and recent uh, home uh, borrowers or mm. buyers. And there's a, there's a few uh, that kind of cascade off of that. Now, with that being removed, it, it presents, um, I think, a really large opportunity. Mm. And you're going to see that there's a lot of mortgage brokers and real estate agents that are well of just using some of those right their targeting strategy was was pretty simple sure and well it was easy you know <laughs> it was easy yeah right it was, yeah the, the targeting strategy was really simple get those few things now the issue that most people can experience is that that's being removed on october 6th so in October, all of those are being removed for leads, higher cost per click. The results are definitely um, altered because they're removing them systematically, right? From Europe down to Canada and then the U.S. Now, what we've been doing is just that people use first-party data. And I'll give that just a little bit. But the opportunity here is that most people are going to be frustrated that they can't use some of right. those targeting right mm -hmm. and you're going to have people that are going to complain and they're going to give up and their campaigns are going to struggle now your opportunity is that if you really know how to do facebook marketing well and you know different targeting strategies you're going to be able to really dominate that space because you're going to have some people that are going to leave the advertising platform altogether and throw up their hands because they say it got way too complicated for me uh, i don't want to even try and want to think about how Mm -hmm. Right. I'm just, I'm just going to find it a different Avenue. Okay. Now, what we do is since March, since this was announced in March, and this is one of our gold standards, one of what Facebook considers a gold standard as well, is you take your past client list of homeowners, or if you have a list of homeowners, whatever it might be, mm -hmm. um, whatever customer list that is, has a common denominator, like homeowners or people that are just buyers, whatever it might be, you upload that list as a custom audience you take that custom audience inside of your ad manager and you create what's called a lookalike audience. Mm -hmm. Now, 
a lookalike audience. So we, you're just uploading your, your customer list in a CSV file. Right. Yeah, email, phone number, city, right, state, zip code. The more data you have on them, the better. Mm-hmm. Facebook's going to match that and say, we found a 70% match of all the people on your list to profiles and user IDs on Facebook. Now, with that custom audience, um, to create a lookalike audience. And mm-hmm. so what Facebook will do is they'll find all the people in the entire United States that match, they're going to analyze and match the data of that list. They're going to find 2,000 different data points, 2,000 different key attributes about these people, life stage, income, homeowners, right? You know, whatever it might be, they shop at Whole Foods. All of those key denominators, they're going to find other people that match those very similar profiles. And then that is your list that you should run campaigns to. Now, that's, that's one strategy out of about seven that we've deployed that have been really successful for us, not using any third-party data. Hmm. And lookalike audiences are really successful. We first started with e-commerce because let's say if you own an e-commerce store, you had a necklace for $300 that you were selling. You sold a thousand of them in the past year. Well, what's the best way for you to find other people that are most likely going to buy that same necklace in that price range where you take your past list of people that bought Mm-hmm. upload it, create a lookalike audience, and run ads to those individuals because Facebook is going to have that data. They have that data and can predict who are the people that are most likely to purchase, who are the people that are most likely to travel, who are the people that are most likely to move and buy a house or refinance, whatever life stages they're entering into. Yeah. Um, it's very, very powerful. So that's that's one key strategy I would focus on. Okay. And regarding the uh, lookalike audience, once you've got that data and Facebook's going to do a nationwide kind of search and, you know, aggregation of that, are you then, you know, if, if a loan officer is only in a, in a local area or a real estate agent, um, are you then kind of adjusting that for targeting purposes or how do you, you know, kind of narrow that to where you can actually serve? Exactly. Yeah, we, we do what you call uh, kind of geolocation um, uh, narrowing, right? So you, you just... You would upload that custom audience inside of your ad uh, campaign at mm-hmm. the uh, at the uh, ad set level mm-hmm. when you're creating a campaign, and then you would simply just type in the zip codes that you want to target, or um, or the exact city that you want to target, or if you have a neighborhood, you just type in the actual property address, right, mm-hmm. and do it in a five mile radius or twenty five mile radius uh, around that property address, and then Facebook's just simply going to take that that lookalike audience and narrow it down specifically just to the geolocation area that, that you are wanting to target. Okay. Wow. That's good, man. Thank you for the free education and how to navigate the new world of Facebook there. Yeah. That, that is awesome. Uh, another question on that though is what what do you see uh, what do you suggest to people in terms of giving Facebook a long enough time for its algorithm to perform its duties, right? Because a lot of people are like, hey I, I ran it for a day and right. nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I always love that one. I, I get people to say, so I have an open house uh, this Saturday, right? And today's Thursday. Right. I'm like, oh, man, come on. It's not going to, yeah. The so, um, you know, standard rule of thumb is yeah. you want to give the Facebook algorithm three days or, right. you know, 72 hours to, to have that start to um, really optimize and go through the Facebook algorithm to find one, the low-hanging fruit that it can basically trigger the algorithm to say, uh, find individuals that are going to take this specific action. But it really goes through what's called a learning phase. 
Mm-hmm. So the first three days, it's really going through a learning phase, trying to find the best prospects in the audience that you've created to understand, okay, what have you trained us to do? How do you want us to perform? And those first three days, you're going to lose money. It's, that's, you know, it's not really kind of in the be books prepared. that you're going to have. Some, yeah, be prepared. I mean, really sit on your hands or yeah. hand yourself or straight jack or whatever. <laughs> three days. Don't touch the ad campaign. Don't touch the ad copy, the targeting. If you make any changes from those, from those first three days, yeah, then it's a start and stop, right? Yeah. It starts over the algorithm and it becomes a Frankenstein type of campaign mm. and it loses its data, loses its steam, and it's mm. just not going to perform. Now, we look at the algorithm in most campaigns, really the, the uh, algorithm stabilizes on these campaigns at 8,000 impressions. So yeah. 8,000 impressions on that um, ad set, on that campaign, mm-hmm. that's where it stabilizes. And then you can scale it or start to make any changes based on the data, right, that you, you want to look for. You look for key uh, point indicators of the data if it's going up or down. Um, and that's a big part of Facebook campaigns, right, is being able to read the data and understanding what to do next. Do you leave it alone? Do you change the uh, ad creative? Do you uh, switch it to a manual bid, right, and get more? Um, but, yeah, the first three days, let it be. It's not going to, you know, it's not going to kill you. Um, you know, hopefully you're spending a healthy amount of budget. Um, you know, and budget has to, well, the budget is a big part of it, too. Yeah. Um, you know, I think a lot of people may be underbidding, and so they might see in the first five to seven days no performance or no real kind of action. And then you got to go back and, and really look at well, why is that? You know, you have an audience of seven hundred thousand people, but we're bidding five dollars a day. Mm-hmm. Well, you're not going to make a dent in that audience with only seven hundred thousand people and five dollars a day. Um, Facebook is a, a blind auction, right? It's an auction and bidding platform. So when you when you go into that auction, right? When you say, I'm going to spend X amount of day, you're going into this auction and you're competing with maybe 50 or 250 other advertisers going after the same audience or an overlap of it. And the situation that takes place there then is Facebook is looking for who is bidding the highest that says we value this audience the most and this is what we're going to bid to reach those individuals. And then from there, the Facebook algorithm says, all right, we'll feed that ad campaign out, but the user base has to also speak and and tell us, is this the right ad that we should continue to serve to most of the individuals? Hmm. So what they're looking for is the best consumer experience. And they have their own total value. They give each ad campaign, each ad, a certain weighted value. And the equation basically goes like this. It's called it's called bear. And that's what the Facebook algorithm is known as. Think of a big, mean, grizzly bear. So bidding, um, expected action, and relevancy. Hmm. So what are you bidding right to reach that audience? Then the expected action. The expected action kind of ties into um, what is the optimization or, or the objective of the campaign. If it's a Facebook lead ad, right? If you chose lead generation, then what we're doing is the algorithm is saying, let's find people that are going to become leads and fill out this form. So we're going to find the most likely prospects that are going to actually click on this ad, 
fill it out or give their information and then go over to the de destination URL, wherever you want to send them. Mm. If it's traffic, right? Same kind of thing. Who is mostly like going to click on this ad and then, and then wait for a landing page or a website to load or face even messenger, right? All those kind of things. Right? That's called OCPM optimized cost per thousand mile impressions versus CPM. OCPM really taps into the algorithm. So, you know, if you're using brand awareness or reach, that is just CPM, cost per thousand impressions. It's basically just like uh, billboards. It's not anything with a direct kind of um, call to action that's going to tap into the algorithm. Mm. But what you're looking for is that's something you just kind of can't control. The expected action is basically left up to Facebook and their data of prospects. The relevancy part is how relevant is the ad image and the ad copy to that audience. And what Facebook is looking for is the optimal consumer experience where they say, you know what, that ad is relevant to me um, and I'm going to engage with it. Now, how Facebook determines that is through a high click-through rate and people are sharing and you know commenting on it and liking it. So shares, comments, and likes in that order is what's prioritized within the Facebook algorithm. People clicking on the ad and actually going through and taking the, the actual steps right, that the ad is optimized for, that is feeding back into the algorithm right, called pixel fires. And those pixels are sending the information back and saying, we've had 25 people take a specific action in the past seven days on this exact ad. So therefore, the user base has spoken, they enjoy it, and we're going to, to serve it up to more people um, based on the ad spend. Now, if people go up and they click on the right-hand corner of that ad and say, um, hide this ad from me, which you know all of us do at some point, we've seen an ad too many times, or there's uh, an ad that has a picture of baby boomers drinking cocktails in Florida, but it's being run to some millennials, right? Uh, you know, some 23-year-old that says, I don't want to see that. That's not for me. They hide that ad. That creates what's called a negative feedback score. That negative feedback score goes and tells your ad account, hey, people don't like this, right? We got a negative feedback. You have a negative feedback score and a positive feedback score. Positive is based on the click-through rate and interactions, people going through it. Negative feedback is people is one simple action, people hiding the ad. Yeah. So what does that do? Negative feedback score limits your reach. So your relevant score, which is how relevant your ad is from a scale of one to 10, uh, 10 being it's hyper relevant, it's really great. One being it's not. The higher the relevant score, the lower cost per click, the lower cost per lead. There's a direct correlation there. So that goes down, the reach goes down, the impressions go down, your cost per lead goes up, your click through rates start to take a dive, and the campaign has a slow, kind of tragic death. So, simple kind of um, formula. Just make sure that your targeting is on point, your ad copy and ad creative is speaking directly to the targeted audience, and that you're bidding effectively in the audience. So an effective bid, the standard rule of thumb is $10 a day per 100,000 people in that audience. That's, that's what Facebook really kind of looks for. So um, I'll bid sometimes a little higher on the ad auction, uh, ad, ad auction, depending on the data that I've received on past campaigns. So I might say, you know what, there's 300,000 people in this audience. So I'm gonna bid a little bit higher. I'm gonna bid 50 or $60 a day at first 
to really blow everybody out of the water and let some leads come in. And then I might start to dial it down uh, back to something more appropriate, like uh, $25 you know, dollars a day. And, uh, and then just kind of let it balance out. Everyone's bidding strategy is a little bit different, but just kind of start off a standard rule of thumb is $10 a day per 100,000 people. Yeah, that's good, man. Very, very good. Holy crap. I'm taking a ton of notes. Um, and there's so many directions we could go. But one of the questions that popped up for me, because um, I had talked to a loan officer who was looking at running some Facebook ads with another firm out there. And um, basically, and I don't know if you can answer this question or not, but I'll try it. Uh, basically, it was coming back to him that his, if he, if he was doing the math on the acquisition per, let's say, closed loan, right, um, that that was going to cost him I think $500 or more for uh-huh. each, each one of those. And so right. I, I'm trying to figure out how do you decide, right? How much is, is appropriate or enough per transaction? And I know it varies based on you know the size, but we're talking real estate and mortgage. So any thoughts there? Yeah. I mean, it really depends. You know, I think for the mortgage industry, the, the CPA, the, right, the cost per acquisition yeah. um, is to, you know, sub $500, right? Is a deal, right? So, you know, $200 would be the target range, I think, for most, um, from, from our experience that we've seen. Sometimes you're going to get a home run and get one that might be only a $25 or, you know, $50 uh, cost per acquisition, right? Not cost per lead, but cost per acquisition. And, and, and factoring that, uh, for those that are listening, is really kind of going, well, what am I paying in ad spend? And then what am I paying for? Facebook ad management, right? If you're hiring a management team, right? A team of experts to do this for you. But if you don't have a team of experts that you're paying to do it for you, then it's just your ad spend and then whatever other dedicated resources, right? To try and convert that prospect. But but with that, yeah, we've seen that with mortgage leads, you're typically hovering in between, you know, that one 150 to 450 range um, cost per acquisition. And just so, to clarify, by acquisition, do we mean a closed loan? Um, closed right, transaction. Exactly. Yeah, okay. closed loan. Someone actually converted. Okay. And and right, the, the money is in the bank now. Right. Uh, so sure. yeah, that's that's you know you're going to see on average those fluctuate in between. Is it higher for real estate because you know they're making more? On a, on a sale of a house, right? They're going to make more than a loan officer is going to. So I'm wondering if the CPA is. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're yeah, right. There's, 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 there's going to be a, I mean, depending on how everyone's, you know, charging and, and internal fees and, you know, everything sure. like that. But really, it's more of has to do with one, yeah, the profit margin. Um, and it's not like what Facebook is really kind of saying, oh, these people make more money on it. So they need to Oh, I know that. Right. I'm okay. just thinking, right, when you think about, I'm sure you get this all the time from the real estate. Well, how much is it going to cost me per, you know, sale, right? I mean, that's what they right. want. Right. And, and it, it, it yeah, definitely ranges across the board. So yeah. with real estate agents, you know, we're seeing, you know, average cost per lead. Um, sometimes it's $2. Sometimes it's, you know, $17, right? It just depends on what kind of, what kind of person we're going after. So sellers mm-hmm. um, are notoriously more expensive. So seller leads for us mm-hmm. are much higher uh, as a cost for lead because, well, they're a homeowner and homeowners are attached to so many different types of services. So mm-hmm. they're being targeted 
by a lot of noise. Yeah, right. Exactly. Insurance companies. I mean, all these different types of because when you buy a home, I mean, really, it gives thousands of people uh, opportunity. They're Um, on the list, man. (laughs) Yeah. So if if you're a homeowner, then your value as a prospect is going to be extremely high to hundreds of different companies versus if you're a renter. Right. Or if you're, you know, a homeowner, but you're targeted maybe in a, in a different way, which gets to be a little bit more advanced and sophisticated. But yeah. it's it's all about then the, um, well, what what is the intent? And we have to go back then to what is the offer. Now, a cost per lead for a buyer to see a list of homes is going to be maybe around 4 or $6. That's a much lower cost per lead than a homeowner. Because we have leverage. Home buyers want to see homes, right? Mm-hmm. What's available under a certain price range. Homeowners, it's still sometimes a bit of a mystery to exactly what they specifically want yeah. at that point in time with their life stage. They're a bit more elusive. They're like that leopard snow cat that you only see once a year up on the mountain range. You, you gotta you got know exactly where to be at the right moment <laughs> with the right tools to actually like, you know, see it from five miles away. Yeah. So those type of campaigns are are effective, but they can cost more yeah. if the targeting and then the ad copy and what we call the hook, right? What is the incentive? Mm. If the incentive is um, irresistible enough, mm-hmm. then your click through rate is going to be low, and then the cost. Then let's say you're spending ten dollars a day, mm-hmm. and you're only getting maybe one lead you know, every three or five days, well, then that's going to be, you know, a 40 to $60 lead. And then the time to convert that prospect and into an actual, uh, sale, it, you know, then it could be easily a three or $400, uh, cost per acquisition. So it's, it's also about what is the intent? What is the actual hook? And it needs to be something that is, uh, well focused on, on value and a benefit to them. Yeah, so it's 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 intent, it's hook, it's value, it's benefit, um, and then of course the relevancy that we talked about before, where you have to have that offer that's relevant, and the ad copy has to be relevant, the image has to be relevant, all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot right. of moving parts there. Yes, a C- couple more quick questions that just kind of popped in my head as we're talking here. Um, do you have any suggestions, best practice on keeping people on Facebook versus sending them off, right, off to like a landing page or whatever? So, you know, Facebook does have some slight penalties inside the ad platform, mm-hmm. not penalties that are going to, you know, get you shut down or, or negatively affect you, but penalties to where your ad may not be shown to the right prospects or your reach, you know, is limited. So it might be not shown to the same amount of people that you would desire it to be shown to if you're taking people offline to a website. Now, there's about 27 different factors that play into that, but just the key main ones are, is the website mobile optimized? Is it designed for mobile? Because about 90% of our campaigns, our leads, everything is, is mobile. Yeah. Uh, that's where they're all generated. So yeah. if you're taking someone to a website that's not designed for mobile, then it's going to be um, a bad user experience. And then Facebook does not want to affect the user experience in a negative way, right, mm-hmm. on, their, on their platform. They want to keep people there as long as possible. Right. So 
that's one part of it. Does the website have a privacy policy on it? If it doesn't have a privacy policy on it, then Facebook is going to penalize that and that's going to affect your campaign. Um, just real quick, so, so Facebook's going to look at this with their intelligence that they have. They're going to know what that, that destination page is. And Okay, cool. Yeah, basically they're going to read through almost like Google spiders. Yeah. Right. You're going to read through, look for certain words to try and find your privacy policy. Okay. Um, so if you don't have that installed, it's going to affect it. Um, does the page take longer than three seconds to load? Mm. That's also going to uh, affect the campaign, right? So Facebook you know, is building more and more tools inside of the ad platform mm-hmm. to where you, sometimes you almost don't even need to send people off until right. the very last moment. So, and that experience can be done with Facebook Canvas ads, um, which are basically mini mobile websites, mm-hmm. and you can design those in the ad platform. Canvas ads, um, a really cool type of tool because it takes up the entire screen. It's, it's mobile immersive. Mm-hmm. Um, it pays a takes up the entire phone, so you don't see any ads or anyone else but your brand, whatever it might be. Cool. Average time spent on those is typically about 35 to 40 seconds wow. inside of a canvas ad. Can you put a video on those? Yeah, definitely. I would put a video. I would put any kind of um, material there, whatever the goal might be, right? If yeah. it's to build an audience, have a video so you can really suck them in. Um, if, if it's to solicit some sort of offer, you, you want to be clear and concise exactly what that is in the video. Um, but what's cool about canvas ads is the people that open them up you can build a custom audience and retarget anybody that interacted with that canvas ad. Um, websites and landing pages still work really well. Okay. And there's, there's, there, I don't, they're never going away. Okay. It's more of just the experience that you want to make sure that the continuity from your ad to the website is very, very uh, yeah. close and, right. and clean and similar. Like, like, yeah, branding, imaging, coloring, all that kind of stuff. It's got to be consistent. Continuity, exactly. like you said. Right. Hmm. All right. Very cool, man. This has been a lot of good stuff. I'm just watching the time here. Um, I want to close it out with just a couple of thoughts. And then, you know, uh, for those that might be interested in connecting more with you and, and learning from you, but um, to lead to that question, to that next step, you know, it's funny when I hear all this and I'm looking at the damn two pages of notes that I have and everything. And I'm like, man, this is some complex stuff and you got to know what you're doing. Um, I'm curious what your thought would be on, you know, we got the loan officers listening who, you know, may want to try and go at this at their own, you know, and right. running, running an ad, like, you know, here's the offer X, whatever it is, right. That free relevant thing. I mean, first question that comes to my mind, number one is, you know, do you think that's like doable? Should people kind of test the waters out? I mean, what do you think? Yes. I, I, I think that, you know, in today's world of technology and innovation, um, it, one, it, you know, people fall into two camps. Those that want some of them to do it for them because mm-hmm. they're just too busy and, and they want, you know. And they have the budget, yeah. Right, they have the budget. And then those that like to learn and, and a little bit more tactile with their experience and they want to be able to, you know, essentially learn to fish mm. and do it on their own again and again. Mm-hmm. So I fall into the camp of wanting to learn because I have always been. Of course you are. You figured this all out on your own. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it is so, I, yes, I, I think that people should. Uh, yeah. I would encourage them to definitely experiment and try. Okay. I think also, um, it serves a few different things. One, they'll have a deeper respect for the ad platform mm-hmm. and understand the complexities, 
right? Mm -hmm. And how advanced it truly is, um, the scale of what is available and what you can do. But also it's, you know, it's one of those where if you know how to do it and you yeah. can get in there and be able to actually create a campaign and have success with it, there's there's some great empowerment behind that. Yeah. There's this real skill set that yeah. is valuable that if you can know how to do it and do it yourself, um, you know, go for it, man. I mean, really, really be able to do it. If you don't want to and you say, you know what, I'm running a bigger team and an organization that like it, it's not worth my time. Mm -hmm. to, to learn it then yeah, you're much better off than hiring the experts that do know how versus stumbling around and trying to figure it out and you know uh the, the you know the cost could be a little bit uh heavier if you awesome don't know. i think that's great advice a great suggestion thank you for that i guess last question is this is um what maybe you know one to three questions that um those listening if they're considering an agency and outsourcing this that they should ask to make sure the agency actually knows what they're doing, you know? That's, yeah, it's a great question. Um, well, you know, even when you call in or, or if anyone's ever talked to uh, the actual Facebook marketing team um, that Facebook has, I, I love Facebook. I've been to the headquarters, you know, I've met with their, their core real estate team and, and actually I'm on their advisory board, mm -hmm. but there's, the marketers that they have, you know, to, to whether you call in, they say, you know, talk to an advanced expert marketer. And, and um, so those people don't even really necessarily know right, the full depths right, of the platform. So yeah. don't fault some of the agency people that you talk to if they can't answer these questions. But I would really focus on, you know, what is your methodology? Because, you know, there's Facebook has its own methodology of priming and reminding which is basically what we've adopted. What, what, what was that again? Say it again. Uh, priming and reminding. Okay. So priming is basically having a top of funnel, uh, top of advertisement, right? Whatever it might be. And then retargeting people based on their activity on that, right? Okay. So, you know, everyone has a different way of, of, ha of how, they, how they do it. But mm. um, have them explain the algorithm and their best way. Can you, can you explain how the algorithm operates to me? So, mm -hmm. so I can understand it okay. um, and what that, what that looks like. Okay. And from there, I would, I would really kind of focus on their um, successes. Yeah. You know, how, how many leads have you generated? You know, not necessarily how many clients they have because everyone's starting out in different ways. Right. Sure. You know, we'll start this is all start. new. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I, I would, I would, really ask them what's been successful for them, you know, um, what are the campaigns that are producing the best results, things like that. Right. And some, you know, some people are going to be, you know, kind Protective of, of that. Yeah. Right. Their ad copy, but I would, I would really kind of ask more about the targeting and, you know, what do you find is the best method that, that is working for you now? And then how are you handling, um, the removal of those, those audiences that are, or the, the targeting that's being removed away? Hmm. Um, you'll, you'll get some interesting answers and then you can, you really kind of start to see where are they in the scope of, you know, as, as far as being an advanced marketer or are they a beginner or intermediate and, and what they, you know, what they like to, uh, really focus on in terms of their methodology. Hmm. Um, so okay. it's, it's right for you. That's good stuff, man. Great. Thank you very much. This is a, a crash course. Uh, and, and, and believe me, I've interviewed a number of people on Facebook and uh, I, this is the most notes I've ever taken. So. 
Oh, good. <laughs> Whatever that, hopefully that word conveys a lot. Really, it was awesome. Um, all right, so that leads me to, great. Uh, for those that are listening, they're like, hey, you know what? I want to hire Travis and his team. I want to learn more. How do I get educated? You know, any places you want to send our listeners to connect with you? Certainly. Yeah. If, if you, um, if any of you are interested in, in learning how to run Facebook ad campaigns, um, you know, from the very basics 101 all the way up to the advanced, um, or if you just want a team to do it for you, um, my, my website is travistom.com. That's Travis. Uh, last name is spelled Tom T H O M. So travistom.com and go under services and you can see pretty much, uh, well, everything that we offer there. Um, there's also a blog on that website for some free training. And we've got a lot of great material there. Um, free training that you guys, I would suggest starting there. Get your feet wet. Start to understand how everything works. Try it on your own. You know, and, and just test, right? Get out there and see what's, what's possible. Yeah. And then, of course, follow you on Facebook. And I'll put links to all this in the show notes because you do put out some nice content on your Facebook page as well. Well, Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, you bet, man. So no, I appreciate you. You're very busy. I know a lot going on and uh, thank you for coming here today and sharing your time and expertise with us. Good job. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. And I hope everyone gained some value or golden nuggets out of today. Definitely did, man. So I'm sure you're going to be getting some inquiries. So listeners, thank you for tuning in. As always, we appreciate you. If you like today's episode, leave us a little thumbs up, little little positive review on the, you know, wherever you're listening, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever on the blog. Thanks again. And uh, we'll see you on the next one. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Marketing Radio. Want more truth in mortgage marketing? Get more free training and resources at mortgagemarketinginstitute.com. Hey guys, what's up? Real quick, uh, you've heard about the Mortgage Marketing Pro membership before, and I just want to quickly remind you if that you're in a place in your business where you simply need more purchase loans, you need to fill your pipeline with purchase business, let's just face it, agents are still a solid pillar of business and sources of purchase business for you. Well, good news. Our Mortgage Marketing Pro membership helps loan officers like you close more loans without the hassle of chasing agents or cold calling. Done-for-you agent classes, expert training videos, a marketing automation platform that automates the entire process for you, everything you need to build your personal brand in your local market, attract and convert agents into referral partners, plus done-for-you proven marketing materials and plug-and-play content to make promoting your class, getting agents butts and seats, partnering with affiliates real easy. But that's not all. You'll also get access to our weekly mastermind calls with top LOs, authors, speakers, and coaches to learn the best strategies to grow your business right now in today's market. And as an extra bonus for a limited time, for all new members, you'll get access to a database of 200 agents in your local market that have closed anywhere to, from eight to 50 transactions in the last 12 months. And we'll provide that list upload into our platform for you so you can get off to a fast start in reaching actually productive agents. So what are you waiting for? You can check out more at mortgagemarketing.pro, see more of the success stories there. And if you feel compelled to do so, book a call. We'll have a chat. We'll see if it's a fit. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your mortgage business to the next level right now. Head over to mortgagemarketing.pro.